Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sin's Chat Corner. Today we have a new episode, and of course, just as promised, today is our second interview of the other lovely lady that's just started on The Real Housewives of New York, and that would be Heather Thompson. If you are like me, obviously, and a, a very large Real Housewives fan, you know that she is the new individual and the new castmate, of course, and in addition to which, she also has the Yummy Tummy line. So today we're going to get an opportunity to talk to her about her life, about her business, about all the various ventures she might have down the road, and hopefully we get to find out some secrets about the Real Housewives. Before I forget, I wanted to let everybody know, just in case you're not listening to the program live today, uh, you can always come back to Blog Talk Radio. All of my episodes are usually archived. You can also go to YouTube, because after today I will go ahead and I will post the interview on YouTube for those of you who can't see it or can't hear it for some reason. Um, If you happen to have any comments or suggestions or questions after the episode, you can certainly go ahead and get in contact with me. Once again, I have a Facebook page, which is called Sins chat corner of course if you're listening you're on blog talk radio so certainly you can leave me a message here in addition to which i can be followed on twitter and my handle there is at s-a-n-d-b-1-1-1 so you can reach me at any of those and certainly of course i have a live chat window that's open during the course of the show if you'd like to get in contact with me there ask any questions And uh, in addition to which, certainly feel free to call into the show at any given point in time. Um, I wanted to throw a quick shout-out once again, in case you weren't listening the other day. um, Anybody who lives in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, we all know that the 15-Day Music Festival Summerfest is going on locally in town. Just in case you get a chance to do it this coming Sunday, July 1st, my sister will be playing with her band, and that will (coughs) be excuse me, 2 o'clock at the Briggs & Stratton stage. The name of her band is Annie B. and the Vagabond Company. Typically, most of you know her as Annette Marie around town. She plays an acoustical guitar, but she'll be playing a whole load of her original songs, and I believe she'll be debuting one of her two different new songs for you. So certainly, if you get a chance, go out and check them out, as well as all the other local talent. I know that Eddie Butts will be there. I know that Hot Sauce is going to be playing. I also know Kelly Clarkson and Train will be playing there this evening. Certainly a great opportunity to get out, enjoy some live music for a reasonable price. So definitely go ahead and check her out. In addition to which, next week I believe that we are going to be interviewing the Charles Walker Band, who is a local band in town. And hopefully we're going to get one of the philanthropic organizations from in town to come on our show next week. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to tune in. That's this coming Wednesday and this coming Thursday. Um, Holiday show is going to be a little bit earlier than promised. And, of course, our regular showtime, as you know, is 9 o'clock Central Standard Time for any of you that are listening. In addition to which, I certainly, as I mentioned, I interviewed Aviva Drescher of the Real Housewives of New York the other day. You can certainly go ahead and come back to my Blog Talk radio page at any given point in time. Go ahead and check her out. In addition to which, I did an interview with Taryn Dieterle of Bulldog Fitness. She's also the individual who does celebrity training for the Real Housewives of New Jersey's Melissa Gorga. You may want to go ahead and check out that interview. She's got some new and exciting things going on, not only merchandise and training in the New Jersey area, but in addition to which, she's also branding out as far as her protein products. She's looking at doing a protein cheesecake, and uh, in addition to which, she offers the concept of live training. Basically, again, what that means is you can live anywhere in the state, 
wherever you're located, and she can do live training with you just as she does with Melissa. Only difference is, of course, you don't live there. Certainly she can give you the same support. She can offer um, all sorts of tips on, as far as nutrition and healthy living. She's also experienced in yoga, kickboxing, and everything of the like. So certainly I would check her out. Again, her website is www.bulldogfitnesspt.com. And again, for my sister in Summerfest, if you want to check her out, it's www.nebmusic.com. Again, I don't want to forget to send out a special thank you to Bethany, who happens to be uh, Heather's PR person. Thank you so much for setting up this interview today. I really appreciate it. And certainly another thing you want to check out is a new friend of mine in the New Jersey area. Uh, Dan has D&D Basement Waterproofing. You want to go ahead and give him a check out as well. He's listed on my Facebook page, um, which is you can either follow me on City Mish, or again, you can go to my show page, which is Sin's Chat Corner. Now, before we start with Heather, I just wanted to give you a bit of a background just in case all of you don't know who Heather is or you don't happen to watch the show. Obviously, she's a new cast member. Uh, Previously, she's had three CFDA nominations. She's also the founding design director for P. Diddy, as well as uh, designing label launches for people like Beyonce and J-Lo. I know that obviously she does, if you're familiar at all, the Pediatric Liver Disease Foundation. She does some work with them extensively because, of course, unfortunately, her son has had an experience with liver problems. She just seems very sassy, very sweet. She's a very new addition to the cast, but she just seems to make it... She makes the entertainment more lively. She makes it more fun. She's bubbly. She's energetic. She says what's on her mind. She reminds me a lot of myself, actually. Um, So I'm thinking this should be a very interesting interview. Um, And again, as I said, if most of you do not listen to the or watch the show, I should say, she's definitely... um, should be an interesting season, actually. I used to... um, favor the Orange County Housewives and, of course, the Beverly Hills Housewives. And now I'm finding that it's kind of sparking my interest to watch this particular show just because of the fact that she's adding a new element, just as Aviva is. It's certainly, I was very inspired the other day in listening to her interview that she is so forthcoming about being an amputee, that she's courageous enough to go out there and speak to individuals about her handicap, that she's so forthcoming about that. She's an absolutely very healthy and wonderful marriage. Um, she's just del- she's an absolute delight to speak to. So I'm hopefully looking forward to having a wonderful interview with Heather shortly here. Um, and again, um, I wanted to mention also the other day in our interview with Aviva, we had an extensive conversation in reference to the Baptist preachers who were discussing their uh, dislike and or basically, for lack of a better term, hatred remarks as it relates to the LGB community. Talks such as putting individuals to death, placing them into concentration camps, definitely something that you need to check out, um, certainly. And as I mentioned, all of the episodes are archived. Um, I do always take your suggestions as it relates to show ideas, as it relates to topics you'd like to hear. In the forthcoming episodes, we are going to be having individuals on my show that will be doing consulting. I have a relationship with a wedding consultant. I have a relationship with a fitness trainer, of course, and I'd certainly like to get your feedback in terms of who you'd like to see come on, offer consulting, talk about their business. If you know of any business that would like to have any form of free promotion or individuals that want to come on here to talk about their business, Um, I speak to musicians, I speak to authors, I speak to any form of artists, 
I'm very big about promoting art in the community, just as well as I am, of course, the celebrity realm, in addition to which I have spoken to and done interviews with various philanthropic organizations. I'd like to hear about your charities. I'd like to provide my assistance or volunteer, if at all possible. Um, so certainly, if if you ever at any given point in time know of someone or can tip me off, again, I'd appreciate it. Feel free to send me the email, like I said, through Facebook, certainly Twitter. You can send it to my show page at any time. That's definitely something I want to look into. And certainly over the next few weeks, hopefully you should be seeing um, my pilot episode. I actually told all of uh, my audience weeks back that I have a celebrity that is going to be judging my reality dating show concept by the name of Creative Cougars. And basically the premise, again, being that we have older artists, individuals who are going to be having much younger, somewhere in the area of 10 to 12 years younger than themselves, who are going to be vying for dates. And by that I mean they're going to be going on television, they're going to be doing this in a contest format, they're going to be judged by various celebrities, um, hopefully. And so it, it sounds like a neat concept, and uh, people have been very responsive. My goal is to try to do three different states a year, meaning I'll be starting in Wisconsin this year, and then I should be doing New Jersey, and then I should be doing New York thereafter. So, again, it's something that hopefully you'll definitely want to check out. It's a lot of fun. It's very casual. Um, I do my format a little bit differently, I think, than maybe – the networks such as Bravo and that, I am pretty much have taped a lot of different things and I'm leaving everything out there, meaning I'm not a big believer in editing and cutting and changing things. And so basically I want to have uh, as real as possible. I want you to see these people, see them in their element, see how they are in their dating relationships, um, and see how it goes. It should be a lot of fun. And a lot of the contests I'm making them basically make a complete ass out of themselves to get dates with individuals. I think it should be fun. I think it should be innovative. I think that exploring the possibilities are, are just endless. And what's nice about my show, certainly as I've been very candid about, is two of the candidates are heterosexual, and of course the other two are either gay or lesbian. So we will have uh, one regular judge, and then of course we'll obviously have one judge that is either gay or lesbian. And we'll kind of take it from there and see how it goes. And again, certainly I'll be posting my pilot episode up on here on the show. Um, we'll be talking about it. We'll be getting an opportunity to talk to the two individuals that are actually going to be the participants in the show. So you get a chance to get to know them. You'll get a chance to know to to speak to the individuals at least who are going to be participating and trying to get the dates. So I think it should be very fun. It should be, like I said, very different. And certainly you are more than welcome at any given point in time to give me some suggestions. Uh, the next thing on the horizon for me is I am starting to work on a documentary as it relates to bipolar individuals. As I've made no bones about on my show, I have always had a spot in my heart for doing things such as bipolar research and or facilitating individuals who clearly have no means whatsoever for things such as medication or therapy or means to get help. And that may not necessarily be in the Milwaukee area, but just anywhere in particular. And so part of my campaign on that is we will be having the Sean Costello Foundation on the show. We will be talking to Bipolar Research Institute on the show, and that will be a, a, actually a two-day marathon. Um, we'll be speaking to therapists. We'll also be speaking to bipolar patients themselves. And I'm also in the process of trying to get together individuals, and this can be statewide, 
who are either experiencing or have a suggestion or thinking they might be bipolar but yet yet diagnosed, or individuals who might actually clearly be bipolar and have been so for some time and end up living with those challenges and those struggles. And therefore, the whole concept being that I'd like to get as many people together as possible. I have a filmmaker, and we would like to actually shoot a short version documentary entitled Bipolar Babes. And again, the whole purpose of this is uh, obviously, A, I realize that bipolar disorder is not exactly common and well-known, or at least not as much as I'd like it to be in today's society. So we want to, A, obviously raise awareness. Second of all, just like with any other disorder that exists in the real world, we want to make sure that we're trying to raise funds for said organization. And moreover, just the whole idea of allowing these individuals to share their experiences kind of throw it out there and, and see if similar people have the same challenges, see if it is possible to uh, try to just get some clarity. Every individual has different experiences when they are uh, suffering from a mental disorder. And it would be very exciting and very interesting for me to just uh, allow to give to more exposure. That's the whole point of having the show in part. Um, so certainly it's it's going to be taped over probably a three, four-week window is what I'm I'm guessing, and certainly I would like to, as I said, I'm not just open to just the idea of Wisconsin loans. It could be Illinois, Indiana, anywhere. So if you happen to, A, know someone, like I said, who happens to be bipolar or, B, an individual who is on the crux and maybe is showing some symptoms or maybe is just unclear or maybe afraid to go and search out treatment or to go for a diagnosis, Certainly um, have them give a call into the show, or they can anonymously email me. I have a direct email, and that is sin, C-I-N, 4251, at gmail.com. And so then this way they can get a hold of me directly there if they wish to remain anonymous. And, of course, anyone who participates in this certainly can do a blind interview. Again, I don't need to use any names. I don't have to meet the individual. They can certainly share their experiences. Um, if they feel inclined, they can certainly come to the Milwaukee area and, and be put on film. That's the whole point here. And, again, don't mistake my intention. We're certainly not going for Oscar-worthy here or trying to shoot the next best thing or basically be exploitive as it relates to this. As I said, I have a tremendous empathy for this disorder, and I would like to see things changing in the world of bipolar treatment. But again, of course, sometimes I, of course, am just a simple person with simple means. I, I don't have the, the funds and the backing, of course, to make a substantial difference. But maybe by going out and doing this documentary and kind of throwing it out for the world to see, people might be more inclined to step up, and that's whether it means going to volunteer at a local clinic or whether that means convincing doctors or, or physician assistants or RNs or anyone in that loop to just try to get out there and to provide some more help to these individuals. It's altogether possible, like I said, it's possible we might come along someone in the course of filming and they say, hey, I want to be on board, let's open up a facility. In the perfect world, somewhere in time, between all of these crazy ventures that I have going on, between my TV show and, of course, obviously with the radio show, and then, of course, doing my documentary, um, I'm hoping that one at one given point in time, I myself will be able to open up a facility locally in the Wisconsin area to where people can come in and they don't have to explain their situation. They can get treatment. They can get medication. They can be given direction as it relates to where to go for help, who can help them, and what they can do. And that would be my dream, of course, certainly. 
And before I forget to mention, certainly uh, here in the Milwaukee area, we have NAMI, which is www.nami.com. It's a wonderful mental health organization with an extremely large amount of links as it relates to finding treatment, um, support groups for individuals who have bipolar or depression or anxiety. Um, Certainly, they're a good resource. Obviously, Aurora Psychiatric Hospital. I have an individual who I know is a therapist who does a tremendous amount of work out of Aurora Psych. Certainly, that's another resource that you can go to. Um, Obviously, your insurance carriers, I know with Badger Care, it's very difficult to find a treating psychiatrist nowadays. So certainly, places like Aurora Psych or Dewey Hospital are individual places that can point you to the right direction as it relates to getting some form of treatment. Because obviously, of course, being diagnosed is kind of the first step to getting where you need to be, just as usage of medication is instrumental, usage of having therapy on an ongoing basis. Um, Family, obviously, is very important in terms of providing support for your disorder. And then, of course, having a very good friend structure. I felt that it's always important that you can have people that you can go to who are accepting of you no matter what. As I've said, I've heard, uh, you know, the bipolars of the world are called crazy or people walk away from you and don't really want an existing relationship with you for fear that you might act or behave in a certain manner. And so obviously these are sorts of things that we want to eliminate, take away the psyche or the phobia as it relates to being a bipolar person in this in this society. Because certainly, as I said, I mean, we have depression out there, we have anxiety out there. You know, you have things like cancer and liver disease and, and everything else, and those are just as important. But I also feel that it's important to be able to enlighten society to that and what it means. And I do feel that, you know, a while back, Catherine Zeta-Jones, who, of course, is Michael Douglas's wife, was, uh, you know, candid enough to go out on air and say, yes, I I have struggled with this, and I'm trying to find a way to live with it. And so I find it inspiring when individuals are being able to take, you know, their their life and and to find that courage and to be able to step up and say, yes, I, I suffer from this and I have this issue and I'm living with it, and then tell us how they're coping with it. I think that's instrumentally important. And I do know I can tell you in just the information that I've read upon and in doing research, uh, I have discovered that typically um, bipolar individuals, as they are finding through time and research, tend to have that creative gene to them, which means it's not surprising like the Ernest Hemingways of the world, obviously, who are so creative as it relates to their writing. It's not surprising because, of course, some portion may be linked to the bipolar disorder. Again, nothing has been proven, and and every week you come across different studies or medications that they're looking into, all again, which is in the hopes that at some given point in time, we live in a society where we're not wondering about, you know, are we going to be able to live and cope with this? I mean, certainly, I mean, I'm not expecting there to be the miracle pill that will come out and take bipolar away. In case any of you don't know, of course, bipolar disorder is a chemical imbalance in your brain. Basically, there's levels of serotonin in your brain, and bipolar individuals do not have that proper balance of serotonin. And so, therefore, obviously, um, you know, we always hope and pray for a cure, but certainly the mental health issues and anything involving your brain are far more complex. So, certainly, anything that we can do to raise awareness or to be able to support getting to a better place as it relates to that, and to help individuals just be able to live and, and, and cope and be able to take care of themselves better with this disorder is really the goal here. So as I said, this will be coming in the next upcoming weeks. We'll be getting an opportunity to um, 
explore this a little bit more, talk to the individuals, and, and go from there. So without further ado, I believe we have Heather Thompson. So let's go and say hello. Good afternoon, Heather. Hello, Heather. Hello, Heather. Hi. How are you? Um, well, Cindy, how are you? Oh, my gosh. So, so, so excited. I just was telling oh, my audience, good. I said, oh, my God, she's the holla girl. I'm like, I just, I <laughs> so, I am so, I have to tell you that, um, and I'm going to admit this very candidly on her, I told my audience, um, Jersey and, and the OC are typically my favorites, but I have to tell you that both you and Aviva are kind of the reason that I, I'm kind of switching over. Which is a big oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm like these girls. You're sassy. You say what's on your mind. You're very forthcoming. You're smart. You're savvy. You're you're beautiful. I mean that that goes without saying. And it's just it's so impressive to me that they've kind of pulled you in. Not to say I don't like the other girls. Um, it's just impressive to me. It says something. And I'm like I just want to know. I, I want you to know this. I'm very very impressed. Well, thank you. I so appreciate <laughs> that. Welcome. I'm glad that we bring a point of differentiation because that was I think you know. Certainly, I can speak for Carol and Aviva um, when I say that our goal was to do that. We didn't want to come in and, and do, you know, the same old, same old. Like, you know, they cast us for a reason, and hopefully that will shine through. Definitely, and you and you really have. And I have to say, it's just it's so amazing. It's like a lot of times us as the viewers, what's so cool is to be able to look at the show and say, I could sit and have cocktails with her, or I could have dinner with her. You make us feel very right. comfortable, and it's a it's an appeal where everybody can relate to something that you have going on in your life, whether they're in business or whether it's their personality or you know whatever. And and relatability is a big thing. So kudos to you, you're doing awesome. Thank this, you and then that's so why, much. Oh gosh. So excited to get going. I have tons and tons of questions for you, so I'm going to start with the obvious, which is if you could maybe elaborate for us how you commenced your relationship with Bravo and how you got on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, it was I got a cold call at my desk one day, literally. I was sitting at my desk, and my marketing director said, there's someone from Shed Media on the phone. They're the production company for the Housewives. And I said, great, put them through. I, I actually thought initially that they wanted uh, to have Yummy on the show in some capacity. Um, and I didn't didn't realize it was me they were looking at uh, at the beginning. But they were very they were very blatant about it. They said, listen, we've been kicking your name around here, and we just decided to pick up the phone and call. We think you'd be a great addition to the Real Houses of New York City. And would you ever consider you know doing the show? And my answer was, oh oh God, no. You know, I'm like, wow, thank you, but no, God, I don't think I fit in. You know, I don't think that I'm I'm the right person, and they they wanted to know why. And you know, m my first reaction was, I just didn't feel like they really. I think it's a show of entertainment, and you know, the catty behavior and all that stuff. Whether it's editing or whether it's really how the girls, you know, feel about one another, I just felt like, you know, I had a a very serious life and a very serious business and, and that, that that would be boring, you know, for television and that I wouldn't be able to bring it. But they explained that's really what they wanted. They wanted um, someone that had a real business, a real career um, that that was established before the show um, that had real life drama, I guess, and not drama that was going to only be created for the show. And so that was interesting to me. That was appealing to me. So they sold me on it, basically, and I decided to throw my hat in the ring for 
the most obvious reason, which is for brand awareness for my company. You know, it's a four-year young business, and I'm forging very new paths in shapewear. It's, you know, kind of forget everything you knew about shapewear. And then let me tell you about Yummy and how we feel about women and, and what our message to women is. So that was an exciting platform uh, to be able to have on, on a show like The Housewives. Secondarily, my son. You know, my son had a, an organ transplant when he was six months old, and without it he would have died. And so um, my platform to bring awareness to the need um, of organ donors was another reason to do the show. And so I figure if I can make some change somebody's life in a better way um, by being self-deprecating <laughs> and risking things um, and bringing, you know, and I mean that for two ways, to make someone that didn't know Yummy exists, to, to find it, and, and it really does, it change, it, I have gotten tons of emails, it really changes the way women think about themselves and, and put some, some pop in their step and makes them happy, that's amazing, and then if I can help save a life, certainly that's the most rewarding, unbelievable thing that I could do. Definitely. Now, i got to ask, of course, because, you know, we don't know because you are a real housewife now. Now, prior to this, were you actually a personal fan of the franchise itself? Were you watching it? Did you know any of the girls, any of them, per se? I, I had met Sonia. Um, I had okay. met Sonia, and I had uh, met Ramona briefly uh, at HSN. Um, I had lunch uh, with Carol. We have a mutual friend, um, before we started filming and started chatting with her a bit before we started filming. Um, but, you know, in the scene when I meet Luann and Aviva for the first time at Sonia's party, I really am meeting them for the first time. Um, so I, I did watch the show. I watched um, – I didn't watch New York as much. Funny enough, I watched it a little bit. Um, I watched Beverly Hills. I watched the Beverly Hills show, and I kind of got into that one a little bit, and it was my guilty pleasure. I would – you know, when my <laughs> husband was sleeping, I'd turn on my housewife show. <laughs> oh, my gosh, look at this. Holy cow. Okay, now I, I'm, go I'm going to ask this because, of course, this is the question everybody wants to ask, so I'm just going to kind of ask it because I, I project you as having a very strong personality. In fact, a lot a lot of the girls on there all have very strong personalities yeah. in different ways. And, you know, there's some out there, and, and myself included, I'm not going to lie, you know, you can tell how personalities, you know, appear to clash on, on TV with you well, and there's certain rifts that, that seemingly appear. Now, over the course of time, um, have you been able to solidify, even though these rifts happen, have you been able to start solidifying real friendships with the girls that have been on there? I mean, is it is it there's still that friendship part, even though you're seeing the, the kind of drama, if you will, and the rifts that go on? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have most certainly um, established friendships. I have unbelievable adoration um, for my castmates. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting experience, and it's a very interesting experiment, if you will, to throw six women together um, and all of their personality traits. And the dynamic of that is what makes the show really so interesting. Um, yes, Production stirs the pot here and there and things like that. But, you know, you have to stay true to your constitution, or certainly that's what I try to do on the show. And, yeah, you know, sometimes they'll make me appear a little more snarky than I than I intended to be. But, you know, it, it is a television show after all. And, you know, you can't take it too personally, and you have to – you have to remember that there is entertainment value in it. But we definitely get our feelings hurt by one another. We absolutely care about one another um, or – or it would look so manufactured, you know what I mean? Like it, it's very, it, there is, it, it is, a, it's reality in the sense that I, I always chalk it up like this. 
if you're at dinner with your your girlfriend and you're chatting, right, and the waiter spills a, cu- a cup of coffee on her lap, you know, that reaction is is going to be natural. Whatever you, whatever, however you react to that would be natural. Now, on the show, we're having lunch with a friend and production tells the waiter to pour the coffee on the lap. So, so the catalyst is produced, but the reaction is organic. Gotcha. Okay. Does that, that make sense? sense? Yeah, oh, perfect sense, actually. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's why we're kind of curious because uh, no viewer obviously looks at this and says, oh, my God, and this is, you know, every little tiny thing. You know, you kind of a lot for some of that stuff, so we kind of know Believe that. it or not, some do. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my God, they think that it's, you know, every every sentence that comes out of the mouth and every is the written word is, you know, is the reality, and, and that's not the case. You have to make it entertaining, and, you, it, you know, they, they put things, together certain ways because it causes conversation and it makes people talk about it because some person some people think I should have invited Ramona to London and some people think I shouldn't and they're very strong in their opinions <laughs> right I'm hearing that a lot and I mean like in the grand scheme of things I'm in my little house here and I'm thinking who really cares if she invited her or he didn't I kind of right, get to that point right, like we've covered right. it now and, and here we are you know what I mean but I get it it's television yeah. and I understand that part of it certainly you know yeah. now I'm curious obviously I'm a working mom, you're a working mom, we all have businesses, we have careers, we have children. I'm really curious as to how your family adapted to more or less this continual media exposure, if you will. I mean, do they find it enjoyable? Is it intrusive? How do do they adapt to that? Well, you know, it hasn't been it hasn't been a huge change in our life. You know, I I'm a I'm a I'm a working mother. I have a business. I travel for my business. I've been, you know, an international player since I started my business and before I started my own business, I traveled throughout Europe and Asia as part of my job. So my kids are used to mommy working. And, you know, I listen to them. I really really try to listen to my kids when I leave out the door in the morning um and kiss them goodbye and they say Mom, have a great day. You know, is it a late night or an early night tonight, Mom? And I say, oh, it's a late night. And they say, okay, Mom, I'll see you in the morning then. And I go to work. I know I'm cool. When they go, really, Mom, a late night? Like, then I say, you know what? It's too much. I just really listen to my children. I really try to listen to them. Um, and that helps me gauge how I'm doing as a parent by hearing their reactions to me. So the show, absolutely, I, put, I took on a second job. I have a second full-time job um, on top of being a mommy and a wife, you know, running Yummy Tummy, sure. being a New York housewife, and, and the uh, family obligations I have. And so during filming, I would make sure that when I did spend time with them, we did special things. And, you know, my kids aren't recognized on the street. I don't put my children on the show a lot. I, I signed up to do the show. Jax is on the show often because we have a story to tell about him. And until he, you know, can say to me, Mom, I don't really want to be an organ donor spokesperson, you know, until he can say that to me, then he will be. Okay, well, that <laughs> That's a decision sense. I'm going to make for him as a young child because he wouldn't have his life if it weren't for it. And I don't think he's going to actually say to me, I don't want to talk about this because he's grown up talking about it and he likes to talk about it and he likes to tell people about his experience. So he's on the show for that reason. My husband, I, I was out with him. We had our anniversary last night, and I got recognized on the street. And, I, you know, they asked if I would take my, my picture with them because his, his girlfriend was a really big fan. And I, that's that's nice. That's a nice thing. I don't think I'll ever get tired of that. You know what I mean? I, I think that oh it's gosh, nice yeah. that you can inspire someone. And, I listen, I've worked in the celebrity circuit, and, yes, it can be daunting, but I've worked with celebrities who are really, really popular, okay, who get, you know, 
like packs of people running after them that graciously sit and, and, and sign every autograph and shake every hand. And then I've been with the celebrities that don't have time for it and don't want to do it. And I believe it's a choice. And I believe that, you know, there's a certain time and a place for everything. And if you have, if you're in a public position and you, you're putting yourself in a position that people are going to want to talk to you or meet you, well, I think that you owe that gratitude to the people that are spending time watching you. So, you know, it hasn't been it hasn't been a huge life change, but um, that is going to be different when I'm walking through an airport or something like that. But I I love it. I encourage people to approach me if they have a question, and you know, clearly it's all about manners, right? If I'm in the middle of of a conversation, you don't want to come and interrupt. And I've seen fans do that to the celebrities I worked for, but. You know, I think it's all good. So it hasn't been it hasn't been uh, highly intrusive to us at this ju- at this juncture. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, and if and if this will make you feel better, I'm going to admit this, and I haven't told any of the other girls. You are my fifth housewife I've interviewed, and I have to tell you, for some reason, I was most nervous to interview you. <laughs> the only oh, time I've ever funny. had jitters. I was. It was weird. I was like, I was fine with Aviva. I've done Peggy Tanos um, of the OC girls, which I absolutely loved, and and um, I've done the one of the New Jersey girls. And I'm like, you just, it's it's intimidating. You know, it's it's that celebrity status. And I'm like, you know, Cindy, it's just a girl talking to a girl. But it's kind of tough when you know you're talking to Heather Thompson. I'm like, she's established. She's a business person. So yeah, I, I got the the nervous in my tummy. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I hope you feel yummy in your tummy now. Girl, that oh, is you so know, I am funny. Yummy you probably were nervous because you thought you wouldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> oh, no, no. In fact, I'm kind of like, I've, I did my research. I watched you on the show, and I'm like, I'm going to get my word in there. I just know I'm going to have to be tricky, and I kind of watched. And I thought, okay. And I was very lucky. I was in Jersey just this last week, actually, and um, I met a gentleman there, a special gentleman. And so he texted me before the show, and he's like, you're going to be nice. fine. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, yeah, right, okay. So hopefully, um, hopefully this will go well. I think I think Oh, well, I hope so. I mean, it's, been, it's fun and easy. I hope you feel easy and congratulations yeah. on your I, date. That sounds good. Oh, thank you. And it's going very well, so I might up I might end up in Jersey a lot more now. So I'll be New York, That's New York, wonderful. New York, New Jersey thing. So we'll see. So I'm very very excited. Now, I wanted to touch on this. Oh, thank you. I wanted to touch on this obviously because I'm sure that I speak for my entire audience that um the episode as it relates to your father. First of all, my very yeah. deepest consult, you know, certainly condolences to Thanks. you and your family. It was very touching. It was very real. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you might just tell us maybe some of the the qualities that you admired most about your father, something you could tell us about him. Oh, God, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you very much. It was uh, crazy um, to have my dad die just days before I started filming. Clearly, I was under contract with the show, and, you know, it's not like you can say, oh, sorry, I'm not going to show up, you know. So it was something very real that happened to me, and so I'm glad that, you know, there are some people that did see the truth and, and the true emotion behind that. My father was an unbelievably talented guy, I have to say. I There were so many qualities that I admired in him. First of all, my dad was almost a savant of sorts that he could pick up any musical instrument and play it, and he didn't know how to read sheet music. So whether we would go from a six-string guitar to a banjo or from a piano to a saxophone, my dad had the gift uh, of music. And I grew up in a house with music. And he also just artistically could could do a lot of things so he would go from his music talents to wood carving and drawing like he could draw any anything you know he was just a really unbelievable artist and he was 
my dad was very intellectual. He just was like an encyclopedia. He knew a little bit about everything. So he was a, an unbelievable inspiration to me and person to be around. What happens when, when people are like that and they're very intelligent and they're very artistic, um, there's also a lot of emotion, I think, that goes on along with that. And unfortunately, my dad was of the generation that, you know, he didn't believe in therapy and he, you know, he didn't believe in those types of things. So I think there were, was a side of my father that was very sad and there was a side of my father that was very lonely. And th- that was the part that I couldn't crack and that I couldn't, you know, reach. And so it was difficult because I think when you have a very close relationship with a parent, it's devastating when you lose them. And when you have a relationship that has had its, you know, its ups and downs or, you know, has ebbed and flowed, I think it's also difficult. I think losing a parent, no matter what your relationship with them, is freaky because all of a sudden the person who brought you into this world is no longer here with you and right wrong or indifferent you know what i mean of whatever the relationship was it's 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 your parent and so it was an unbelievably emotional uh time i i was le- i had to you know close the door to my dad's house and just leave it because i couldn't i couldn't you know he died and i was filming the show and i and i couldn't do anything there was not i didn't have any extra time on my hands let's put it that way so the last 5 weeks i've actually spent cleaning out my dad's house and going through and it's been you know i so i we we celebrated his death he he didn't uh want a, a, a memorial service at all and so my sister and I just didn't feel that we could do that. He just didn't believe in funerals. He thought that they were weird, and he was very explicit in his will that he didn't want one. And, you know, he he died on the show. I couldn't just have him die and, and you know, see some of the reaction to the women about that and, and not kind of explain my dad. So we decided together that we would we would have a, a you know, a send-off party for him and that we would allow the cameras in, in to tape it. And that's that's amazingly courageous. I my hat off to you because I, as you're saying, it's such an intense experience and so very personal. And for you to share that with just an entire audience of millions of people who aren't intimate with you, that I mean, that's just so courageous and so admirable. And and I really okay. really hope that your heart heals. I, I my uh, I have a very very dear friend who's also my boss, and she just lost her father. She's in pieces. I mean, it breaks my heart to watch it. So yeah. I can imagine your pain certainly. And certainly we'll be praying for you. At least I, I can speak for myself and that you'll be in my thoughts and prayers, definitely. Thank you so um, much. I'll tell you the anyway. good of my dad is left, and, I, and I, feel, I feel very positive about my experience with my father, and I feel very positive that he's in a better place. And so thank you for that. Sure, definitely. Wonderful. Now, of course, we have to ask about this, what we call Yami Tommy. Now, first yeah. off, um, tell me um, basically your inspiration. What, what made you sit down one day and say, you know what, I'm going to create Yami Tommy? It was... 100% a selfish initiative. <laughs> oh, I was okay. totally, I, I absolutely created the product for myself. So what happened was after Jax was born, after my first child was born, and, and we all know that that he had a tough entry into the world, I gained 65 pounds with my pregnancy with Jax, and I ate like a pig, <laughs> and I deserved oh every God. pound. <laughs> okay. But I gained, I gained 65 pounds, and when he was born, and he was born with health concerns, you know, and my focus was on my child, my focus wasn't on me, and I was 
really faced with true weight loss for the first time in my life. I had 30 solid pounds I needed to lose, and, uh, you know, it wasn't just breastfeeding that was going to help me do that. So I was challenged with weight loss for the first time in my life, and I went to the shapewear department to boost my confidence because I had a deflated inner tube left around my midsection. I was dealing with a sick child, and I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. So I felt like if I I could pull myself together on the outside, it would help me pull myself together on the inside. So I went to the shapewear department to boost my confidence, and when I got there, I was just completely, I was miffed at what my options were. I mean, these literally were my grandmother's girdles, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I consider myself, you know, a fashionable, you know, hip New York woman, and I did not want to pull up my grandmother's girdle to boost my confidence. Um, but I bought up a bunch of them anyway, and I got caught pulling up a shapewear pant, like one of those thigh shapers by my husband. And he walked in the bedroom, and he literally goes, what the hell is that? And I said, get out, get out, you know. And there was like a tear streaming down my face, and I'm like, I'm gross. And I was really deflated. And so um, I have literally had a Donnie Deutsch moment, I call it, and I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And so I cut up all that shapewear that was disappointing me because not only did it fail me aesthetically, but then it failed me functionally. When I wore it, it would ride and roll and bite and pinch, and I was in a bad mood. It would suck and squeeze. By 12 noon, I couldn't, you know, eat lunch, and I thought, well, this is just terrible. So I cut up all those shapewear garments, and I literally sewed a panel out of the fabric, and then I cut up a tank top I had in my in my closet, I said, I just want a tank top that's going to tame my torso. And I, and I created the three panel tank top at my own do- dining room table. I, you know, wow. blew off the dust from my sewing machine and I would, and I wore it and I wore it and I was happy. And so I started to make more of them. And then I had a sample room, you know, sew them up and I would wear them and I called them my yummy tummies because yummy is just an adjective that I use in life, whether it's a new baby or it's a new Christian Louboutin or it's a, you know, dish of caviar, you know, yummy is a word that I use to describe a lot. And when my belly was full of my baby and it was big and, and, and full of baby inside, we called it my yummy tummy. And when Jack's came out, my tummy wasn't so yummy anymore. <laughs> but when I created that three panel tank top, it was my my tummy was yummy again, and so people would say, "You're looking good, girl. You're losing the baby weight." And I say, "Oh, it's my yummy tummy," and I would show my three panel tank top, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's genius! I need that." And so people started asking me for it, so I decided to to put it on the market and just see what what would happen, and it and it was explosive. The success has been ex- explosive with the concept. Oh my god, how cool is that? That is absolutely yeah. wonderful. Now yeah, I have yeah. to ask you. Because I, of course, I'm in a different area. I'm a writer, obviously. So an author like myself, I know my, like, I can go out and sit in my backyard and I can write and and all that good stuff. Now, how do you, like, where does your inspiration come for your next product? How do you figure out where you're going to go next for you personally? How do you do that? Again, it's about me personally. I mean, it's, it's, number one, the the brand started with the three-panel system, and we have ten patents on that idea today. But then what happened is, you know, I'm a soccer kid. You know, I can really see the white space. I've been in the fashion industry for 20 years and I felt as though there was a lot of shapewear brands doing a lot of the same thing and so uh, my inspiration comes from uh, providing a solution to women that can make them look and feel their best so my shapewear brand is all about you know Again, like I said, forgetting anything you know about shapewear, my shapewear brand is comfortable. It's encouraging. It's meant to be seen. It's sexy. Any man would love to peel off a yummy tummy. It's not a dirty (laughs) little secret. 
You know, it's not a Cajun shapewear. We're not sausages as women, right? We're not sausages. Right. So why do we want to pour ourselves into a casing? You know what right. I mean? I don't. I think that life is meant to be lived and celebrated. And if you want to lose 20 pounds, we got to talk about other things. It's not going to happen in a garment. And I don't think you should try to solve the problems that way. That's just my reaction. If someone wants to, you know, really get into a tight, tight, you know, girdle-esque corset type of product to go to their high school reunion because it makes them feel better, then I think that they should do that. And there should be products out there available to women to do that. But my brand is more about all day, every day dressing and proper foundations for your clothing that are going to make you a better you. It's not going to change who you are. It's a better you. So, you've, you know, I call it tight and right. You know, you have the right underpinning under your clothing that's going to benefit your body, not take away from it, you know, not add the bulk. Right. And that's really, really so, what it is. And it sounds to me almost like not only is your product something that uh, looks good on you, but it makes the person mentally just put them in a state where they're like, yeah, I'm really feeling good, I look good, yeah. and it's good yeah. for you too. Definitely it's shape awesome. where you want to wear. You know, I mean, yeah. confidence is sexy. And if you're walking around, you know, worried about, you know, if you drink too much water, then you're going to have to go to the bathroom and how are you going to get out of this thing? Right. I just don't think you can <laughs> embrace life. You know, my, my, the, my mantra, my brand mantra is live, shape, happy. And I believe we have to be conscious of what we put in our mouths. I believe that we have to treat our bodies well. I believe that life pulls us in tons of directions, and we can't always balance it all. It all, you know. And there's always that stubborn five pounds. Yummy tummy's with me through thick and thin. When I'm doing everything right and I'm hitting the gym and I'm eating well, my yummy makes me feel that much better under my clothes. When I'm not balancing it well, when I've done the cheeseburger a couple days in a row, when I haven't hit the gym, when I'm burning the midnight oil, yummy tummy's there to smooth out that, that kind of stubborn five pounds. Gotcha. Look at that. And it's funny you mentioned yeah. the sexy angle. I was just saying today it's a sexy to my girlfriend, angle. I said yeah. I do not feel sexy. I've lo- I'm 42 and I've lost my sexy somewhere along the line. So I might have oh, to look at the come yummy tummy visit. thing. Oh, my God. Get your butt in here, girl. Oh, we'll get I have to. And that's, just, you know, you why know. I say holla at the end of the show. Because when I say my title, my, my title line is, my success is built on making women look and feel their best. And that holla is shouting out to all those women, you know, out there that I've helped feel yummy or that I hadn't reached yet. So that's, you know, people don't understand, you know, what that meant. It was a shout out to encouraging women and, you know, and forging ahead as women because we have a lot to balance. We've always had a lot to balance. And, you know, it just gets busier and busier, and we need versatile solutions in our life. And Yummy is a brand that can provide that to women. Definitely. Now I feel very encouraged because, like I said, I need to I need to work on this. This young man is younger than myself, so I have to do a little tune-up. Oh, girl. <laughs> well, you'll love the stuff. The paper dolls, it's really great. And, you yeah. know, there's sexy yep. pieces that you can wear and keep on in the bedroom. I mean, I fall asleep in my products sometimes. It's not... Oh. It's not a dirty little secret. It's not embarrassing. It's feel good, look good from the inside out type of product. Oh, and that's so I'm happy to. Um, I want to send you some congratulations <laughs> on your new relationship. It's oh, it's so you. great to find love and 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 you know find someone <laughs> well, that you're interested in sharing stage. your life. We're, we're at that honeymoon stage where it's just we're talking a lot and it, and it's difficult. You know, I'm a girl from Wisconsin. He's a guy in Jersey. He's younger. I'm older. You know, so you're kind of feeling the whole thing out and, and all that good stuff. So I'm kind of hoping that I kind of get a little reverb here. And before I forget to tell the audience, www.yummylife.com, correct? 
That is your website yes, where they can it. check out Yummy the paper, all the information. Yep. Thank I want to make sure so I give much. a shout out to that. And it'll certainly Thank be on you. my Twitter. It'll be on my Facebook page. Um, all that good stuff because I'm a big advocate for any any wonderful products such as this should definitely be explored. And I'm certain that all the viewers, of course, are familiar with this. But certainly to anyone you don't know, have them check it out, of, of course. Now, I have to drift off for a second now that we're talking about boys here. I have to say that your husband on the show, just from we can tell, charming, pleasant, just yeah. Absolutely lovely. Um, yeah. I'm curious as to what you feel is the key to the success of your marriage. Well, I have to. I have to say, my husband. I, I. I am so blessed. I really did marry my better half. You know how they say that. I mean, John and yeah. I really do balance one another. And my husband is one of the kindest people I know. I mean, he he has friends since, you know, childhood that, that he still is in touch with. He's the guy who reaches out on on phone on the phone to his friends. You know, my husband kisses and hugs his friends and they tell each other they love each other. I mean, he's a warm, delicious, caring man. So I, I, I so appreciate that that comes through because he's on the show so so very little. Um, and I, I really think that the success to our marriage is um, that we communicate. And I, I, you hear that all the time from couples who have been married for, you know, many, many years. They always say, never go to bed mad, you know. Um, and it's hard to do that sometimes when you have a relationship. But John and I communicate when we're mad. We allow each other to be mad. Um, you know, when we're happy, we embrace the happy. Uh, when one of us is unhappy with the other, we, we listen to the other and we try to talk it through. And we don't always agree. And sometimes he thinks I'm just being, you know, petty. And sometimes I think he's, you know, not being respectful of, of my needs and I want him to pick up his underwear. <laughs> you know, little silly things like that. Sure. But we, we, really, uh, we really love each other, flaws and all. And John doesn't try to change who I am and I don't try to change who John is. We accept each other for who we are and Sometimes we don't always love the the parts of the other that that annoy us, but we we accept each other like I said, flaws and all, and we talk it through. And you know, one of the things when John is upset, for example, he can once he's elevated, it's it's he can easily kind of elevate and get angry. So you know, what I've learned is when I see him angry, whether he's angry at me or angry at a situation at work or whatever, I can either elevate the situation by saying, yeah, why did they do that? And that was terrible. And push his buttons and feed the fire. Or I know my husband and I can try to calm the situation. You know what I mean? And so I know that about him. And so what I try to do is, even if I'm trying to prove a point and it's – and. I really think I'm right, and I see him getting angry. Instead of elevating the situation to a fight, I'll say, you know what, I, th- we're, I think we'll disagree to disagree right now, and then we can talk it through when he's calmed down, for example. You know, I, I can't stand when he tells me, you know, don't get my, you know, knickers in a twist. When he says to me, don't get so upset. Like, don't right. tell me not to get upset. I'm upset, you know. So he knows that when he tells me not to get upset, it makes me more upset. So he tries not to do that. So, you know, there's just little things we're aware of our push points, and we try not to hit them. Definitely. <laughs> Makes perfect sense you know. to me, though. I mean, that is a that is a true key, and it's inspiring to hear that. You know, because you are the yeah. you still have a regular marriage, like a regular person, even though yep. you have that celebrity part to you, which is awesome and amazing. This is awesome. Yeah, oh my gosh. we're this not is- perfect by any way, shape, or form, but we do love each other an awful lot, and we have beautiful children together. And so we also now have to be examples to our children. If we're going to fight and bicker all the time, what what are our kids going to be like? 
They're going to fight and bicker all the time because, you know, you lead by example. So every day in life is a new day, and we try to better ourselves every day. And some days we have really bad days, and some days we have really bad fights. But we divorce is not an option. That's what John and I said when we got married. We're in it to win it, and we're going to work it out. And so you just, when you know that you're in it, and there's, some people get divorced too easily, and I think that there's also some people that get married too quickly, and, and there's never going to be a chance. But, you know, you got to work it through, and you always got to remember why you were together for the, in the first place. Because living with someone 24-7 can be taxing. <laughs> Now, you know, we're kind of curious about that, too. I, I guess my own thoughts are, obviously, you kind of come to your husband and you say, well, guess what? We're going to have cameras and this is going to be, I mean, was he kind yeah. of like, yeah, that, that's great, Heather. It's okay. I'm, you know, I'm going to support this. Or was he kind of like, no, I don't want to be on the air sort of thing. We did, We had our, absolutely, we both ebbed and flowed on it. We, we decided, I wouldn't have auditioned for when they called me and asked me to throw my hat in the ring. Um, I had to discuss it with my husband. I wouldn't have auditioned for it if, you know, we both, neither of us were, totally keen on the idea but again there was a there was a there was an opportunity side to it that you know when opportunity knocks and we both believe that you got to take risks in life to have reward and that life is meant to be lived and that life is meant to be experienced and what an experience this is and so we looked at the positive sides to it and we said all right you know whether there's whether it's a bad experience or a good experience we're going to chalk it up to an experience and you know we're not going to try to take it personally we know who we are as people we know what our marriage is like we know the kind of parents we are we know what our friends think of us and we know what we've done in life so we're we're going to stay stay true to that you know nine years we've spent together as a married couple and you know track record in our own businesses We'll, we'll we'll stay true to that, and then we'll take the risk. And so when I auditioned for it, he, I had his blessing. And then we kept saying we don't really have to worry about it for you know entirely until I get the call that says we'd like you to be on the show. And so we just kind of played along with the auditioning process. And when they said we want you to do the show, by then John and I had talked it through at nauseum, and that we knew we were we were going to go for it. Wonderful. That is terrific. And like I said, he's just adorable. I mean, I know us Thank girls you. over here are like, oh, my God, how sweet, how wonderful is that? You know, I mean, same thing with Aviva, of course. And I think the husbands in general that are on the show, it's just even the boyfriends are just so supportive, and it's just it's Me a too. dynamic to see it. You know, and I, and we yep. kind of get a sense of who they are, which kind of, again, reflects back on you. So I think it, it's a really neat dynamic. It works super, super well. Um, I wanted to talk, of course, obviously, your son, Jax, it kind of goes without saying. And I know that you have the uh, Kellner Family Pediatric uh, Liver yes. Disease Foundation, of course. And then I know that you also work with the City of Hope. Um, I'm not sure yes. if individuals are familiar with those. So maybe if you could talk to us a bit about your participation and, and what they offer and what they do. Oh, definitely. So um, I'll start with the Kellner Pediatric Liver Foundation. Um, the Kellner Pediatric Liver Foundation was founded by my girlfriend, Samantha Kellner, and she, her son, Raphael, was born with biliary atresia, the same disease that Jax had, um, and, I'm, and, and Rafi had his, uh, he's, he's older than Jax, he had his diagnosis about a year before Jax had his. So Samantha went through the process before I went through the process, and we met through a mutual friend. When Jax was in the hospital having his Kasai procedure done, which is a preventative, they try to they first try to alleviate the problem so that the child can grow and get bigger and stronger before they have to have a transplant. But any child with biliary atresia, a transplant is inevitable. But sometimes you can buy some time. And so he was in his Kasai 
procedure, which is a surgery where they cut him open from, you know, from hip to hip. And he was three months old, and I was devastated. And she called me on the phone, and she said, my name is Samantha Sheber. And we have a mutual, this mutual friend in common, and I know exactly what you're going through right now. Where are you? And I said, I'm in Mount Sinai Hospital. He's in his Kasai procedure. And she said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And Samantha walked through the door, and it was like my whole world, I, I can cry, I cry every time telling the story, like just, I, I was like, I was so centered on her because this is a woman that knew exactly as a new mom what I was feeling like and what I was going through, and she could relate to me, and, and she said to me, like, this is going to be okay. I'm going to tell you, you, you are going to have normalcy. We can fix this problem. And she just gave me all types of confidence, and she, and she had just founded the Kellner Pediatric Liver Foundation. She ha- hadn't even held her first charity function yet, and through this friendship that we forged through women in need through a child at risk, um, we became steadfast friends, and I joined her her, her cause and, in the Kellner Pediatric Liver Foundation, and we are um, an eight-year-old organization. We have raised millions of dollars together. We have saved the lives of three babies that needed transplants that without us would have, have perished. Um, there's nothing more rewarding than that. And so we bring awareness to the need for organ donation. So we support uh, the, the New York Organ Donor Network and any, nor- any organ donor network that needs awareness brought to them. And we also support women who are going through the same thing that we went through. Um, and, we, and we support financially the children that can't afford a transplant. So it's an unbelievable foundation started by um, – very, very giving, hungry women. We've got a board of 30 women, and you'll get to see a little bit about the Kellner Pediatric Liver Foundation on the show and this grassroots organization and what we've been able to do. Very proud of it. And, uh, yeah, it's very rewarding. So that's been very rewarding on the show because I've had tons of women reach out to me on Twitter and on Facebook telling me their stories with their children. I've spoken to many, many of them on the phone. And, you know, I even there's even one woman who has a to- – her son has a totally different um, health issue, and he's very healthy right now, I'm happy to say, um, but his name is Jax. And so she felt oh. a connection to me because we both had kids with the name J-A-X, you know, kind of a, a unique name, and they both had health issues at birth. And so she even reached out to me. So I love hearing from all those women, and that's rewarding, just talking on the phone and being able to do for another woman what Samantha did for me. Uh, I'll talk to them all day long. I'll talk to them any hour of the night. I'll talk to them whenever they need me. Wow. So that's the Kellner Pediatric Liver Foundation. Um, the City of Hope is an unbelievable uh, organization. The City of Hope is a biomedical research hospital based in California that um, researches cancer, uh, the ways to fight cancer, and actually applies those uh, tactics immediately to patients. So they don't have to wait for FDA approvals because they're a research study and testing facility. So they're, they're discovering cures for cancer and they're applying them now. They're not waiting. And they have an unbelievable program for the families. Not only is the, the victim of cancer the victim, but the families. And so they, so they supply support for the families, places to stay while they're having treatment. Um, and I just fell in love with the hospital. Anything that has to do with the child, um, 
has my ear. And, uh, you know, they're so innocent children and they're so resilient and we need to protect our children and we need to be our the advocates for our children. Um, and so the City of Hope has an unbelievable pediatric uh, cancer program and they also have an unbelievable bone marrow program. And so those two programs uh, called to me. And so I'm an advocate for any type of donation, be it blood, bone, marrow, tissue, or organs. And so by just swabbing the inside of your mouth, you can save someone's life by donating your bone marrow if they need it. So I support the City of Hope in those functions, and I was um, thrilled enough to be honored uh, with their Spirit of Life Achievement Award for my work in, in uh, philanthropic work and, and my successes in business. And I was awarded alongside Kathy Lee Gifford and Christian Chenoweth with that wonderful uh, Spirit of Life Award from the City of Hope. So I, I just love love what they do, and I was honored to be a part of their of their rasta of, of wonderful people that have uh, worked for them. Oh, my goodness gracious. I cannot say enough about you. I, I'm just overly impressed, and I don't always say that. I, I think it's amazing what you've done, just your ability oh, to be able to kind of just get right in there. It, it, it is really very heartwarming, and I have the utmost of respect for you. I think it's amazing to be able to be in a position to help other individuals, obviously. I think it just that's just overwhelmingly impressive. I don't know if you hear Thank that a lot. Thank you so much. We all can give back. You know, it's very, it's, you know, there are people that are just unbelievably, you know, philanthropic and impressive with the, they, they dedicate their lives to it. And I, my hat's off to people like that. But, you know, my, my husband runs a, a, a cooking program in the basement of our temple, in the kitchen in our temple every Wednesday night. John's been cooking meals for the homeless for 12 years. He cooks 350 meals every Wednesday night. And, Without fail, he's in that kitchen cooking, and he was inspired by a, an Army cookbook, I think it was, or a Navy cookbook that said how to cook a meal for 300 or more. That was the title of the book. And so he was inspired by that title, and he's been cooking meals for the homeless, like I said, for, for over nine years. And he doesn't do it for anything other than to uh, make the world a bit of a better place. And so whether it's helping, you know, a blind person across the street or um, being a part of, you know, your, your children's school and making it a better experience for them, like we all can give back. Or it's just swabbing the inside of your mouth and waiting for the call if someone should need your marrow. We can all give back. And I just that's one thing that I think people say, how do I get involved and what can I do? And, you know, there's tiny little things that you can do that just, you know, are so feel good for yourself. You know, you can even say it's a selfish initiative. It makes you feel good to help another. You know, there's nothing more, there's nothing warmer than that, I don't think. Oh, definitely. I agree with you, hands down, actually. And before I forget to tell the audience, certainly, if you wish to look up City of Hope, they are at www.cityofhope.org. Also, the Kellner Liver Foundation, which is kellnerliverfoundation.org. Certainly go ahead and get on those sites, take a look, and see what you can do as far as volunteering, donations, etc. Um, Heather, I want to tell you this, because um, I told Aviva this the other day, uh, and if this works well for you, hopefully. Um, as I mentioned, I'm an author. I have a writing business, and I sell my pieces. I'm working on a book currently as we speak. Um, what I would like to do is to take a week of my time, um, and I'm going to orchestrate a fundraiser for your Kellner Foundation, and I'd like to donate 40% of my earnings to your cause. Wow. Oh, my um, God. I, we were just talking to – I talked to Aviva the other day, and I said she has her project just like you have your project, and I'd like to pick a week sometime in the course of the next month and just dedicate everything that I make – 
specifically there as far as uh, I'll take the 40% and I'll give it to directly to Kellner. I have no oh issue with that. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Thank you well, so as you much. Know, well, you know yourself, obviously, if you have a talent for something and if you're good at something and if people enjoy it. And certainly if I can do my part to be able to participate in making the world a better place as it relates to this, I'm more than willing to do whatever I can, certainly. Um, and I'm in a position well, to do so. So I would love to do yeah. that for you. I just That I is my hat off to you. Thank you so much. We actually just got an email. We just got an email two days ago from a child, you know, a family in need of an uh, of an organ, of a liver transplant. And it, it cost... Um, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> it costs a lot of money. It's seven hundred thousand um, dollars from start to finish uh, for an organ transplant, and so we, you are really, really helping us at a time where we are really looking for funds to save this baby. So I can't tell you, you know, your timing is amazing, and you really are are helping to save uh, someone's life. And so I can't thank you enough for that oh, and make a difference. All. I mean, can you imagine oh. what you do for the parents whose child would die if it weren't for you it's like holy shit you know i mean right it's huge but that's just so huge of you and i can't thank you enough i'm i'm, oh, I'm blown no, away and i'm i'm moved no. to tears thank you so much well and, and you know i think it's it's very uh, i've become very inspired in just watching individuals and seeing their love and their dedication to the particular causes that they have and i myself and of course i have a huge huge heart for bipolar research of course and so obviously yeah. that's my pet project so of course everybody has their own pets and i think to myself well you know what it's a week worth of my time i have a national audience. I'm going to go out to my audience. I'm going to say, look, I'm going to sell every single product I can think of, you know, and then and then get out there and see what I can do. And hopefully I can get you something that's of a sizable donation because I'd really like to do that for you. Just because... Well. I can, or I can try. That's and, amazing. And well, I can't thank you enough. And you'll oh, let me know what I can do uh, to support that effort. Oh, you betcha. I'm sure you'll be hearing from me on Twitter, that's for sure. <laughs> Yay! Um, um, I guess my very last question to you, and then I can let you go because you've been so very gracious and so lovely and so wonderful. This has been the highlight of my day. Um, oh, I'm my curious. God. Mine, too. Um, I, I'm very curious as far as, um, for instance, like the last go-around, I know that we had seen the various housewives had kind of done the tour thing where they were going city to city to city where we'd actually get exposure, you know, to someone like yourself. So let's say if I'm not wandering around New York, which I might be, but if I'm not, how do we get to – to meet Heather Thompson? Can we go somewhere? Will there be some place? Is there going to be anything set up, a fan club or anything? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like those are the parts, that those are the pieces that you think of, um, you know, kind of later in life. You know, you don't even, I mean, later in the the cycle of the process. And most definitely I want to set that kind of thing thing up for sure. I'll definitely be doing uh, personal appearances in department stores like I always have done for Yummy Tummy. I mean, that's before the housewives, um, I always do PAs. I love to be in the stores. I love to talk directly to the consumer, hear their feedback. I'm in the dressing rooms with you, fitting you to the product. And so I'll continue wow. to do that. Um, you know, okay. I'm in stores like Nordstrom and Saks Fifth Avenue. Um, I will be at Bloomingdale's um, for uh, Fashions Night Out this year. So that's a, big, that's a big night out that we have in New York where we celebrate the fashion industry. And there's tons of parties and excitement that um, Anna Wintour um, of Vogue started that. And I always participate in that. So what I'm going to do is um, post a calendar of events on heatherthompson.net and on yummylife.com and uh, on my Facebook page so that you can always check in um, and see. And I actually was just inspired by a fan yesterday um, 
about a contest. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that want to try Yummy Tummy product. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are unemployed right now and they're having hardships and they really want the product. And so what I want to do is I want to be able, every, I want everybody to be able to try Yummy Tummy um, no matter what's in your wallet. And so I think I'm going to put some contests together um, so that people can win product and then maybe even win a makeover with me, something like that, I think oh. would be really fun. So maybe we can even tie it into your charity thing that could be really right. cool so I definitely want to do those types of things and I'm open to ideas guys so tweet me and let me know what, what you think I should do so I, I would I would definitely take some advice there Oh, and that's funny. I just sent you a suggestion, actually, so you'll be seeing it come across. I, I have a client oh, who's good. a celebrity. I have a celebrity fitness trainer, and I said to her the other day, I said, "What do you think?" And she's like, "You know what? Let's let's approach Heather because she does some fitness apparel herself." And she was kind of thinking, yeah. "Well, maybe Yummy Tummies want to kind of go along the fitness line, you know, something they new, do. something different, trendy, sexy, that sort of stuff." So I thought, you know what? Yeah. You know, it's always good to have new and innovative ideas, and sometimes, you know, from one simple telephone call, you can get something that's innovative and fresh and new. And women like that. The more I I think the more variety you give them, you know that yourself. The more variety you have, the more inclined they're like, yeah, let's check it out. Right, Definitely. exactly. You can never, you can never fit, you know, get everybody to fit into one, you know, one pot. But if you, if you, if you make a collection that's got versatile um, solutions, then everybody can find something within the collection. That's right for them. And the Cotton Wow right. product is my favorite workout product. It's amazing. Okay, gotcha. Wonderful. And I and like I said, I'm I've looked at your wear, I've seen it, and audience I have to tell you again, oh my god, you have got to check out the products that are on this page. They're new, they're different, they're out of the norm. I've personally never seen them. I'm sure there's a lot of women out there up until this point of the yummy tummy haven't seen it before. So it's innovative and it's fresh and it's new and it makes us feel good, like you're saying. So mentally, physically you look good. It's a win win for everybody. It definitely yeah. is. So yeah. I have to say, Heather, you have been delightful and wonderful, and I'm not jittery anymore. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm so glad, Cindy. Don't you be nervous, terrific. girl. I'm just um, one of the girls. Yeah, just you are literally girls, just one of the girls. So you've heard this audience. Heather Thompson is a regular, average, ordinary girl, just like all the rest of the girls. I, I'm so very honored that you came onto the show. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk. Um, I'm very glad that I'll be able to help your organization. I'll be in touch with you as far as we'll get that together, see what we can raise. Certainly, audience, if you have any extra dollars, if you have any extra time, extra effort, give it to these causes because they're amazing and they need the help, certainly. Heather needs the help. You know, the kids need the help. I guess that's the whole point. You know, so certainly yeah. I'll try to get as many people as I can to do that, certainly. And, of course, obviously, in case you don't know, Real Housewives of New York airs on Bravo Television, which we all know. And, Heather, you're doing your blogs, yes? On the yes, plate. I actually am working on my blog right now for oh. the next episode. Oh, my God. I could use your help, Miss Cindy Smith. I'm a writer. Yeah. I am not, but I'm definitely yes, I am. I am a definite writer. So, you know, just email <laughs> me the questions or just say fix this. Exactly. I'll do that. I do it all the time for my other clients. That's what I do. So it's, it's, a, neat, it's a neat opportunity, fans, as far as, you know, my in my audience, and I've said this a lot, a lot of times you can't get a chance to watch the show. Go on to the Bravo site, obviously. They've always got the blogs. It's always got new and innovative information about what's coming up with the show, nice pictures. It's an excellent way to stay connected with the show, obviously. And we appreciate everything that you tell us, all the stuff you, you – the fact that you connect and share with us, whether it's, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever have you. It's neat that you take that time to do the actual connection with your audience. Oh, God. And, I, ha- and I don't have anybody doing it for 
for me. You know, I mean, it's so funny. I got such flack about my uh, my <laughs> my my assistant confirming a lunch date. You know what I mean? But yet, oh. um, you know, it's my voice on Twitter. It's my right. you know, I'm answering everybody, and I see all the messages, and and you know, I'm doing my best to keep up with it all. But I do see them all, and I uh, so appreciate all the feedback, even when it's negative. And you know, I find sometimes when I answer someone who's negative, they come back saying, "Well, girl, I was just thinking," and you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I think that that's exactly what Twitter is about. It's about opinions, and exactly. it's about putting your opinions forth. I think that you know, it's not it's not it's not nice to be mean <laughs> and right. tell people that they're ugly and things like that. I think those types of of uh, conversations I I really won't engage on. But, you know, but if right. someone has something to say, I just love to listen and I appreciate all that. And clearly, the chat corner is a place for me, Cindy, because you know I have the gift of gab. So right. oh, definitely. <laughs> so and I you're, love you're you are engaging. You're very engaging. You're you're very easy to talk to. You elaborate. You speak very uh, professionally. And I'm very very lucky that all the guests that I've had have have kind of been all of the same vernacular. And I truly appreciate a, a very active, not only an active audience, but an individual who I can talk to who really has her shtick together, so to speak. And you're just you're lovely. You're entertaining. You're educated. You're beautiful. I, I just I can't say enough. I'm going to be talking about how the oh my god. Well, now. thank you so what much for say? having me on the show, and thank oh, you so anytime, much for certainly. your generous generous offer. I'm very excited and just congratulations to you on all your success and that you're doing such great things with it. I am. I'm definitely trying. I'm certainly trying. I'm certainly going to make my way to New York at some given point in time. So I'm hoping to actually. Well, you better let me know. Yeah, take you to lunch. And I'm going to tweet you. Obviously, audience keeps sending her stuff to Facebook, to Twitter, of course. I'm going to tweet you some information this afternoon so we can get things orchestrated for your charity. Um, Awesome. And on that note, have a lovely weekend, Heather Thompson. Thank you so much, Cindy. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Have a great, great holiday. Oh, yes. Sounds good, and we'll talk to you soon, Heather. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks, that would be the final completion of our interview with Heather Thompson. Again, just an absolutely lovely, lovely lady. Could not have enjoyed my time more. Certainly, let's get tuned in next week. Go ahead and check my page for my next show next week, Wednesday, when we have our next interview. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen. And certainly, as I mentioned, check out the websites for Yummy Tummy and, of course, the Kellner uh, Pediatric Liver Foundation and the City of Hope. I hope you have a lovely weekend and a lovely holiday, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.